Welcome, Familia. There's the chime. I picked the chime that's called Crystallize today because it's very much tied into what I'm bringing to you. A lot has crystallized in my field. Today is a very intimate transmission on the podcast called Remember with me, Sophia. <sighs> I plan to begin bringing on really epic special guests. But so far in this quarter of my life of this year, it's felt potent to just share my own words, the own um, the frequencies and experience that flows through me. Let's inhale together. Hold the breath. Let it go. Attuning yourself to receive. Inhale deeply, fully down to the base of your spine, all the way up to your crown and hold. Setting the intention that if there's any wisdom in here that can benefit your life to receive it. Let it go. One more deep, full, expansive inhale. Hold. Let that go. Thank you for tuning in today. So I want to start off by giving gratitude to my being <laughs> because I've been consistently showing up for practices for a few years. I mean, I tailor off at times, but overall, I at least do something every day. It is, I can really see how it has tremendously supported my nervous system in clearing out quote unquote traumas or things that happen at the time of the event that aren't processed, so they get stored in the body. Um, my capacity to hold is beyond imagined, like it's beyond anything that I could have previously imagined because it wasn't even in my realm of experience. And now it continues to expand daily. And I know it's because um, at like for every day, I mean, lately it has not been because it's, uh, yeah, but every day I would show up for at least one kundalini practice in living kundalini practice, um, which is a style of kundalini that I brought through it has just allowed me to sit in the neutral mind while moving through this dualistic realm to not label good, bad, right, wrong, this or that, to be the one who does label and does experience in that way, but to be the observer that holds my sweet epic human as she moves through this earth game. It's been amazing. And if you're interested to practice, we have a whole community of soul fam. We do retreats, we do online containers together. Um, you can start off with some practices on my Patreon. My Patreon account is a whole system right there where you can um, pay for a monthly membership as low as 22 bucks to have a once a month class and then the library access to all previous ones. And really, I want to start off with that because that has what that is what has generated my ability to be where I'm at now 
to bring this podcast through for you today, to share in what I'm experiencing. If it wasn't for me doing this consistent work on myself for so long, I don't think I'd be able to be here because what I'm experiencing now is what was once my biggest fear, the biggest fear of my life, of what was always the biggest fear in the background, not just for me, but in the majority of humanity, I believe. And I'm able to meet that edge head on and expand into it. It hold the one that contracts, mourn through it, bring it all to the surface, love it in its fullness, and then instantly experience expansion in a way that I still blow my own mind, that I'm able to authentically exist here. So if you are interested in a daily practice or even just a few times a week, I suggest you try it out. So this podcast is about what I'm experiencing now is unconditional love. I've brought it through in a few other podcasts. The majority of people tell someone, I love you. But what love is, is the opposite of contraction, of grasping, of, of um, attaching. Love is open palm. Love is the energy that flows through when we rest on an equal playing field. Love is not reserved. The authentic definition of that is not reserved for um, selected individuals. I love you because we have spent this much time together and I feel blank with you. I love you because you took on role as husband. I love you because you're my child. I don't love you, you're a stranger. That is living in the separate self, the ego, the false self, which I say false self, not in a negative connotation. It's the self that believe it's, believes it's the self. The ego is our beloved. The ego is our best friend, truly. Such a gift to our experience, but it's in releasing the grasp of that quote-unquote identity and coming back into the remembrance of who and what we are which is so expansive. Gosh, the more I expand, I'm like, wow, I existed in box after box after box. And now I see that it's a mountain with no top. There's no top on the expanse that I can merge into if I'm willing to meet my edge after edge after edge and lean in and not believe the reasons why. The reasons why is tell me to constrict or contract. It's seeing those spaces and smiling with love and choosing differently. Seeing the stories that arise to justify the contraction and to choose differently. I feel like, and I'm, I am going to toot my human's horn, Sophia, you fucking badass. I feel like I'm in a new realm of Jedi ninja mastery. This year has been the most epic year of my life with, with, what other people may look at and view as the opposite. When people hear of what I'm moving through, they'll say things like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm instantly like, what? What are you projecting on me? You're sorry. What are you sorry about? This is like the biggest gift I could have ever received, given to myself, ever received. I don't exist in the paradigm of, of, oh God, I'm, I'm crushed. I'm, I'm, I've lost something. I'm going through this. Even in the most intense, quote unquote, heartbreak or heart cracking open, every time the heart cracks open, it reseals itself or it reconfigures to a more expansive 
experience. So this experience of me cracking open my own heart consistently is the greatest fucking gift I've ever received in my life. Ever. My biggest fear that I've, I've had in my field for so long I'm meeting with love, with open palm, with acceptance of stepping into it, witnessing it play out and growing beyond belief. And that's what, it, that experience there, that courage and strength it takes to do what most people shy away from, what most people hold like spears at, to be like, don't come near me. That's what's allowing me to rest in the fullness of what I am, in the fullness in this moment of what I'm able to experience as my fullness in this moment because I'm realizing through this, the fullness of what I am can never be experienced in my human form. But the more I lean into edges, the more I expand out so I can continuously experience myself newly as superhuman to the max. <laughs> wow, this existence is so beyond, beyond what anyone could even tell you. Oh, you're capable of this. Yeah, we'll expand into the edge that tells you you're only capable of this and watch a whole new realm emerge. It literally is endless. But how far are you willing to take yourself? So I've been elusive and let's get into the nitty gritty of specifics and how this can potentially apply to your life's experience if you so choose to see yourself in the mirror that I am for you. <sighs> Let's start with story time. I grew up in a lot of fear. I don't even need to go into my traumas of childhood, which are pretty immense, but I lived in fear basically my whole life. Constriction, trying to fit in, trying to be cool, trying to get people to like me. And just like seeking that external validation my whole life, like crippling to a crippling extent, crippling. Literally up until three years ago, I couldn't even talk to people. I'd be sweating. I'd have to pinch my arm to focus on the pain, to breathe, to just have a conversation with people. It still comes up in myself. But I'm just finally at a space where I'm like, wow, I can really have a conversation with anyone and everyone's at equal playing field. I talk with people from all over the world that most people look up to and put on a huge pedestal. I work with them one-on-one. -on -one. I bring them here to the mountain. And it's like no thing. Where before I used to be like, I'm not fucking talking to that person. Are you kidding me? Because I didn't see myself. I lived in fear. I lived in such fear. So all my relationships, my one-on-one -on -one partnerships would stem from that space. It was modeled to me in my ex existence to an unhealthy codependent, deeply codependent partnership to where my main boyfriend through middle school and high school would cheat on me all the time. But I loved him so much that when he would come back to me, I felt so like validated and justified in that he was popular that I would keep going back. I literally abandoned myself at every turn. I would give him sex when he wanted Ugh, I had such an unhealthy relationship with sex. And I say, Ugh, not because I'm gross, not because that's gross, but that's literally the reaction my body has when I think of the ways that I stepped over myself and what I'd be feeling in those moments. But I wanted to please him because I felt safe in him. Whatever you need, whatever you need, I'll show up for that. To flash forward, I started dating this guy when I was in my 20s and I lived with him for a few years. And he was like 15 years older than me, but he, I let him rule my life. He would tell me, 
don't do this, don't do that. And I would agree, super unhealthy, but anything to, for you to validate me, anything to like prove that I was wanted and needed and desired. These very unhealthy ways of relating. You're mine, I love you, tell me I'm loved, tell me I'm special, tell me I'm safe. Flash forward all the way to my present. Sage. Oh, sweet Sagey. Many of you know him. He's like co-run the retreats with me. He's been on my containers. Like anyone who, we've become a unit. You know, anyone who relates to me relates to Sage. And it's become in the last four years a model relationship for people. People say to me all the time, like, I desire this. Oh my gosh, you two are perfect for each other, this and that. And we really have become a pillar together. We get to run integration circles and song circles and, and lead groups. And like, we really are this force together. And it's been absolutely incredible in so many ways. When Sage came into my life, I was still, I was living at, um, in a community and I was just breaking into a space of wanting to know myself and to speak my truth. And other people from the outside would see me as someone who did that, not knowing on the inside I lived in fear and I literally did what other people told me. And I had no, like I, I saw myself through external validation, whether it was a relationship or my community telling me what to do and how to show up or just hiding out in between those moments and not knowing like how to express. In that time, I did a whole bunch of courses and trainings and energy work trainings and medicine ceremonies and all of this. And I had all of this wisdom and knowledge and things pulling me forth and messages to share, but I was so fucking afraid. Like I could barely talk to anyone still. People didn't see me that way, of course. <laughs> Little did they know what was on the inside, what was happening on the inside. We have no idea. The person that you look quote unquote up to and that you wish you were like could literally be having panic attacks inside daily, could be wearing scarves around their neck because there's hives breaking out because they're so afraid to talk to you underneath that big smile. So external validation, tell me how to be, tell me how to show up so I can feel included, desired, wanted. So when this new partnership came into my life, I'm like, whoa, this is the next version. This man is so badass. He's like beyond anything I've ever connected with. And he became my coach. He's like, I see you. I see you so clearly. Like, let's shift you into the next realm out of this fear. And he did. He began to change my life. I began speaking my truth. I began like shifting my reality outside of these fears. And I began to really quote unquote, fall in love with him. Not knowing what I know now about love being a state of being, but deep down I knew it and he modeled it. So we started hanging out more and I'm like, this is a love of a fucking lifetime. But he was in an open partnership with someone. Not an open partnership, not a partnership at all. It was a previous girlfriend of his. They were really committed and then they shifted to just like being in the moment. It was really beautiful. She's really beautiful. And they had an awesome relationship. They had a business together and they would just share love with one another and support one another without labels. And at first I was okay with that. I'm like, that's great. Until I got to the point where I was like, no, like I want this and I want you to be mine and I need you to be mine. I need a label. Now I've always needed labels in the past, not like in, in, 
I can justify that, right? So many of you listening and so many people in my field could also be evidence providers if I needed justification of my ego. And some of them were. I'm like, I need a label. They're like, yeah, you do need that commitment and you do need that label. I only had one being in my field the whole time that always called me in my shit. The one who really, I mean, I've spoken of her before. She, I'm so grateful for her. The one person throughout my life that wouldn't feed into my bullshit. I'm so sneaky, so I could like hide the voice of truth, bring the ego up, the one who attaches and clenches and is justified and making others wrong, and I, can, I could uh, like enroll the world around me. Because that's the, that's the way the majority of people connect. Yeah, if he doesn't commit to you in that way, yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> so I gave him an ultimatum. I said, Sage, I want you to be mine. M-I-N-E. Deep down, there was a voice in me that was, and I can, I can acknowledge it now, but you know that subtle voice that's like, don't eat that piece of cake. And we're like, oh, I'm gonna, it's going to be fine. We eat it anyways. That, in, that one inside that knows all the answers, that we pretend that we don't know the answer and then we seek externally for the answer, but it's really just to receive external validation to prove, um, to validate the one that actually doesn't want to do the thing that feels most intense in the body. So ultimatum. I want you to be mine. But deep down, there was a voice that was like, no, don't grasp, open palm, like allow this to be. But my fear became so strong of losing this, of him finding someone else, of not feeling safe in it without a label. All the old shit came to the surface. And instead of meeting it head on and transmuting it, I enrolled. I got him to label this. He's like, all right. Well, first of all, I gave him an ultimatum to leave, to like end all relating with that previous person in his life. And at first he felt he wasn't sure if that's what he wanted to do. He's like, of course I want to be with you. Like, I, I deeply love you and I love what we're creating. And, you know, like, I love this person and, and we're just dear, dear friends or whatever you want to label, but no label. But then he chose, he's like, all right, I want to do this with you. So he, he like completed re like relating with her. So then I had that, I'm like, okay, good, I feel safer in this. But then I wanted a label. So we still related and danced and had this thing, but then I wanted a label. I need a label here. He's like, why do we need a label? Like, we're just love and we're choosing love and I'm in this with you and we're creating and, and what, do you, what do you need? And I got so upset about it. Like, why wouldn't you wanna label this? Why wouldn't you wanna call me your da-da-da? And he's like, okay, what do you wanna label it? Let's put a label on it. Do you wanna do boyfriend, girlfriend? I hate those words. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. What do you want to label it? I just wanted a label to feel safe so that when other people were like, oh, what are you two? We would have a label. We it would, it would tell the world mine. Then I could feel safe in that. I have something that's mine. No, he's not anyone else's. He's not available to you. He's mine. And we got the label of um, just partner. This is my partner. This is my partner. And he still is my partner in so many ways, as well as other people in my field, but in different ways. This is like releasing graspings in, in boxes, and it takes courage and strength. So got that label. Now, I'm acknowledging here, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with mine, okay? 
with getting that label because uh, the world around us, like we, that's what we do, right, as a society. But I'm, I knew all along, but it was very easy to step over that voice. Um, I knew all along what I was doing. I was doing it to create safety and security within myself and to like continue living in my insecurities. I remember a dear sister, like I, so I have a movie memory. That's what I call it because it's not photographic. I can't see a thing and then recall everything on it, but I can recall like if I sit any memory that happened in my field, like, but I can't like look at little details on a book or something. So I can literally recall every moment I felt insecure, jealousy, and pulled him closer. And in the beginning, it was a lot. After I got that label, it actually made me more insecure, believe it or not. Because there you go. I got the mind out of this insecurity and da-da-da-da-da. And I remember one time, like, a dear sister came into the kitchen at Liberty. And him and her, they were talking it up. And he was, like, lit up. And she was lit up. And they were laughing. And I got so fucking jealous. I was like, and I'm not saying jealousy is bad or wrong either. I'm just saying I, I fed my stories and I wanted to pull them in closer. And there were so many moments like that. And I, I'd be like, you're mine, right? And da, 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 da. And like living in this insecurity to where sisters would tell me all the time, you're so lucky to have this partnership. And I'd get so mad. I'm like, oh God, they probably want him. And then I would, that wouldn't be my truth. I would also simultaneously be the part of me that was like, wow, like look at how strong these things are in my field. But they ran the show. They really ran the show. I began working with them when we moved out here to Costa Rica. But, but let's go back. Then it wasn't enough to just be mine with a label. I wanted a ring. I would push them all the time. Like, why don't you want to get engaged to me? Like, why wouldn't you want to get engaged and be married? Like, that's the next step. And he's like, all right, great. You want to do that? Let's find a ring to where I'd like push him all the time. I'd get upset sometimes. I'm like, it's been months since you said you were gonna get me a ring. And like, here we are and we still, still don't have a ring. We've been together for years now. Like, don't you wanna get engaged to me? And it was because I didn't feel safe in it. I would allow myself to create stories from these insecurities. And then I labeled like, well, if I had a ring, then I would feel more safe. But then I got the ring and was still fucking there. It wasn't until we moved to Costa Rica that I really started transmuting all of that deeply. I remember the first day that he said to me, and I think I said this before, when he said, let's stay in a separate house for a few days. I like, the wind was knocked out of my body. I was like, what does this mean? Are you serious? Like, you want to spend a few days away from me? What the fuck? Like, we're, we're partners. We're doing this together. What, like, are you serious? I was so scared. And he was the perfect being to transmute all of this with. He's like, look, I know you're afraid, but what, what are the biggest fears? What do you think would happen? And I was like, that you would, and all the fears that were coming up in my body, all the stories were like, that you will like it better without me, that you'll want to leave me, that you won't want to be with me, all of these things. And I saw that in myself and I was like, wow, look what's running my life in the background, paralyzing fears. So we spent the night a few days away. And then that being I was talking about earlier, the one who's always seen me, Runa, she gave me a session and we dove into like all this stuff in my body around grasping and feeling unsafe and feeling da da da. I really felt unsafe in my own body. So I looked to my external environment for safety and then him wanting to stay away for a few days, like shook my cage of safety and security. And I was like, oh fuck. But it transmitted so much looking at those parts of me to where I would start leaning into every contraction and holding myself 
to where I remember the first time we spent a week apart. And then I rented another house here on the mountain and I stayed almost a month apart. And then we took different trips together and it's been, it was beautiful each time and we'd miss each other and want to come back. And I'm just, I began to become so grateful for the space. But each time I would like feel a contraction instead of like letting the stories become my identity like I did in the beginning of our relationship. So an insecurity would come in about the girl. I would cycle in it so strongly, sovereignly choosing to cycle in it that I would have to go to him and be like, hey, do you like that person? Like I saw the energy being exchanged and here's what I feel here. And he would like ease my mind every time, like super amazing being. And I'm like, God, this is just like controlling my life. But I played victim to it. I didn't sovereignly choose differently because the bodily sensations were so strong. And part of me was addicted to that. We get addicted to the things that we want to shift the most because that's what feels comfortable in our body, those chemicals. So I finally started to choose differently. When I would have a contraction, I remember he like stayed in another house one time, like after that first time. And I was like, so paralyzing my body. I just cried and moved it into a dance. And I'm like, come on, baby girl, like, let's get this. And that's when I started to really deeply relate to my own being, to my own being. And then the whisper that was always there the whole time in my relationship with Sage of open palm, which he was too. He's like, we're love for each other, but we're love for the world. And I'm like, no, you are mine. You're love for me only. And I'm not talking about sex. Like a lot of people equate that with sex. You can have agreements with someone around like we're the only ones that engage sexually and we're doing life together in this way and we're going to get married for like in this way, this commitment ceremony, and we can still be love to the world. But when I would see him being his open hearted love, lighting people up, I'd get so fucking jealous and insecure. It would feed everything. Oh, he's going to this and they're going to this and they're going to this. Especially when that person would come up to me afterwards and be like, he's so amazing. It would just activate the part of me that existed my whole life of insecurity, of not being enough. So then I got to work with that here. And then week after week at Finca Mia, I would get to see him being loved for people going through their processes. And sometimes the contraction would be so strong, I'd pull him aside and be like, can you hold space for this? I don't want you to say anything, but I just want you to hear me. This is the story I'm making up. I begin to take more and more responsibility. I'm making up a story that you're really into this person. Like I'm seeing how you're reacting and it's bringing this up in me. And him just holding that loving space would transmute more and more and more and more, causing me to come home to myself deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. So much love, so much love again and again and again. <sighs> the whispers became louder of this being an open palm. But I had the ring. And there was so much in the ring around mine. Like the whole stories lived there. I'm like, look, engaged. Look, this. But honestly, and I'm going to say it here, it's, it was a big joke because him and I were picking out rings and I picked ones that I really loved a lot. And then the ring that I got was one that his mom picked out, which I don't think Susan listens, but Susan, if you're listening to this, oh my God, it would be crazy for you to hear all this, but I love you so much. And I really didn't like the ring. It looked similar. I can see how they thought like that would be fine. It looked similar to rings that I picked out, but it wasn't me. It wasn't my style, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to love it anyways. And I wore it on my finger every day. Like this isn't fully authentic to me, but I got this. I got this. Look at girls loving on Sage, mine. 
<laughs> it was my security piece. And I knew for me as an individual, like letting go of that ring was key. But fuck that. Are you serious? I got the ring. I got the partnership. We're living on a mountain where we're solid in this. Like we be, we built a crazy epic life for ourselves. I love him so much. What would it mean to give the ring back? Like I can't fucking do that. That was my biggest fear. So I wouldn't even touch that voice. I would just keep shoving it down further and further and further. One person in my field holding my truth the whole time, which I'd avoid her because I didn't want to hear my truth around what I knew this was for me. And Sage is my best friend. He's a Jedi ninja master, like out of this world. Love him so deeply, so much. And then I knew from my own soul's journey of coming in solidly to myself in loving open palm, loving truly unconditionally, this was the journey to get there to go through such a deep contraction and grasping to open the palm and experience every sensation along the way. So in December, before this year, when I released that fiery podcast of like, I will no longer da 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 da. I will no longer do this or that. Like I was stepping into my power that's when I gave the ring back to Sage. And it was one of the cha most challenging things I've ever done because I was confronting all those fears and graspings in my body, the ones that I, I want to be his. I want to be safe in mine, but I wanted to, I, my soul needs to experience open palm. And I'm like releasing my best friend, like the, the most epic man, I'm releasing that. So it began with conversations. I was present with every single conversation where before change, I would just burn it down and run away. But here I was present with every conversation. Tony looks at me and he's like, so are you saying this isn't forever anymore? I'd still wearing the ring at that time. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm moving into a space where I feel like I need to like open and, and release and like put it all on the altar of God. And we would like, go through the feelings of that but still live together still keep doing life moving through partnership and I got to be with his whole process for it like okay this girl I'm in, I am engaged to like I'm enrolled in this engagement like what's happening here so being present for every moment every conversation all of it until finally we s were sitting down outside and I was like I feel like I need to give this back to you and just the tears in, in all of that. And he's like, I need to process all of this. And the cracking open and then me mourning and grieving and him grieving, like grieving this agreement reality that was created. And then the uncertainty in that, like feeling that something greater was emerging, but it took um, releasing the graspings of the ego of this identity. So this identity, this ego that's like mine, oh no, what's gonna happen now? You're giving the ring back and what? What are we gonna do here and this and all oh, this hurts and this? Ah. So we got to hold ourselves through that and rest in something greater. Rest in the neutral mind, rest in the God self, rest in the one that's like, honey, that's not real. Come back from the illusion. Come back from the illusion of separateness, of fear, of destruction, of da, da 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 Because Sage and I bought land. We have a paid off piece of land right here in the jungle, on the river, in its paradise. So it's like everything was uncertain. Everything, everything, everything. But we kept doing life. I'm like, I love you so dearly. I always want to do life with you. 
I just feel like I need to do this releasing of the grasping of mine and like come home to myself, like my soul incarnated to know myself and to love myself and to validate myself. That's always been my knowing. Full alignment in my own self. And for me personally, I knew that this was part of the journey to do it, that Sage and I had to do this dance to go, so like I just said, to go through the fullness of this experience. The best teachers, the the most authentic, we're all teachers. Every moment's a teacher for me. But the most authentic beings who share their message are the ones who move through it. That's why I don't read books. I told you I'm reading this cor- A Course in Love right now. And A Course of Love, which if you want to have like an arrow to the ego in love with holding that one while it's like, oh shit, and it unravels, get A Course of, of Love. And read it slowly. Read like a paragraph a day or less. That's the only one I'm reading. Otherwise, I do not read books. <laughs> because anyways so it's the 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 greatest beings that share their message in my opinion or the most authentic at least for me in my experience I feel when one is transmitting something to me on, on a level that lands deeply in my body by they move through it themselves they're not taking someone else's message and regurgitating it they're actually applying it to their life they're experiencing it firsthand they move through it and then that's where they share from that's how I want you that's how the beans in my life that I receive the most from that's what they they it's so funny I have people that reach out and try to share things with me like hey I received this intuition about da 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 and it's like yeah, I can feel exactly where it's coming from in them. Their unconscious mind is wanting validation from me to tell them, oh God, your intuition's so right. Let me stroke that for you. And I refuse to do it. I refuse. Then I'm like, okay, what parts of me used to be that way? Like, it's not, I'm not judging. I'm not making fun. I'm just like, oh yeah, this is the mirror. So, and I always see it. I, and it usually involves Runa, like in relation. I'm like, oh, the way this person's acting to me, that's how I was with Runa. So I gave the ring back and here we are. We, it's been three months. Well, since January, February, March, now we're in April of moving through these fields. He went to the, I went to the States for a few months for my border run. Then he went to the state or a few weeks for my border run and he went for two weeks. And so in that separation, like we got to be with ourselves, tend to our own hearts, tend to the one that labels and judge and makes any meaning about this whatsoever and come back together in stronger and deeper love. The most profound moments every day that I can't, can't even describe around conversations that we'll have where we're like, okay, so we're still gonna do life. And wow, what does that mean? Like we're in a new realm of discovery because the status quo of what relationships are, we're breaking out of that. And, and it's completely different. It's, we're not like what people label. Oh, we're, we're polyamorous. We're this or that. We're not any label. We are love. And we're choosing to be, let's put other labels, business partners. We're choosing to be landowners together. We're choosing to continue to do life together. And I would never want to do life without him, ever, ever. And anyone else who enters our field has to know that. So... We're in this place now, but it's been challenging to get to, and we're still like blown the fuck away. Like at first I knew he was like reaching out to people on the mountain. He's like, oh, I don't know. We're doing this thing where it's just like flowing with it and da, 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 da. And then I would get triggered. Like like other people would put their opinions and their two cents in there. And we're just doing what is best for us. And now we're in a space where we don't need anyone else's fucking opinion. And it's transformed me so here's where we are now. Like, this is the craziest part. 
and I am rolling into um, like about a month and a half ago or two months ago, this being who I met her up here in the, I met her and um, I was like, oh, you're, you're, you feel cool, but I don't really let people into my deepest circle. And I'm very choosy with my time and my energy because I show up for a lot. So I don't really spend much time, quote unquote, hanging out with people um, unless I feel deep in my body, this is serving me on a reciprocal flow. So I'm going to use my time and energy to hang, to spend with this person. Otherwise I end up feeling drained. So, and it means nothing about the person. It's just like, what is, what am I receiving in that, you know? And sometimes I just show up to give and that's okay too. I just follow the guidance of my soul and it doesn't mean anything. So this being reached out and said, hey, is it okay if I start hanging out with Sage? Oh God, that sent me literally. And she said, just as friends, I just want to like get, receive your honor and, and like receive your, your yes on that. And just, I want to reach out sister to sister and have you know that I, I would like to hang out with him, but just as friends. And I really receive that deeply. Like, wow, this woman is in such integrity. She didn't have to message me at all. But wow, like I feel so good about this. And so I, of course I said yes. And then when I sat with it, all these stories came up. And I've really developed my capacity, my nervous system through my practices, through all these years of leaning into the edge that I got to hold myself and mourn deeply. Like I went into a four hour process, but I've gotten to the point where anything my body needs, I give it to her. Like, okay, body, do you need to grieve right now? Do you need to cry? Do you need to, what do you need to process this? All right, let's do it. I don't label anything bad or wrong. A lot of the clients I work with, they, they're stuck in labeling or they're, gosh, do you see the box I just put them in? A lot of my clients are, are actively dissolving the box that they previously labeled their experience in. <laughs> Speech is everything. But um, the, I see a lot of people labeling and creating bad and wrong. No, I don't want to feel this. Or do you know how many people like try to hold back their tears? Oh, I'm crying. I'm so sorry. I'm like, what? Let it out. Why do we label expressions bad or wrong? Why do we try to hide what's authentic? That's shoving it down. Like, can we move it through? <laughs> Allowing the nervous system to hold our being as we move through all the feels. The nervous system is the ocean floor and we are the ocean, the experience, the totality of life. Usually we're like, but I don't want that feeling. I don't want to feel that way. I only want to feel that way. Do you realize how much expression you're cutting off and shutting down in your own being and labeling bad and wrong? So I've gotten really superb at holding my being while she grieves and mourns and then we fall into more love and union internally through the process so I got I went to a four-hour process in this all the stories what am I doing I should put the late I should put the ring back on I love him so much I do like I should put the ring back on and just make him mine again and 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 then this wouldn't be happening he won't be hanging out with these other people and this was a girl that I felt energy between the two of them before just a little bit and I like saw a timeline of possibility between them and I'm like fuck that nope he's mine and here it is happening in front of my face. They're going to start hanging out. Oh, my chest, my gut. I'm like, what am I doing? I love this man. I can't believe I'm letting this happen. Because to the mind, it doesn't make sense. The mind wants to grasp and label and control. 
the ego part of me, the loving, sweet ego that just wants to protect me and wants me to feel safe. And this is what it, it labels as safety, the mind. So, so many parts of me wanted to grasp back onto the mind. And I held those parts and I grieved and I mourned and my heart cracked open so strongly, it felt like intense, quote unquote, heartbreak. And I mourned and I sobbed. And then after those four hours, because I let myself experience it fully, I authentically rested in the expansion authentically. I couldn't even believe it. Here I am afterwards. The next day, Sage and I are openly talking about this woman, this woman openly sharing, and it's gone from my body. I couldn't believe it. This is the first time in my life that I would think about him being with or talking to or sharing energy with another woman. And my heart was opening for it, not con contracting I'm like is this real like my mind was searching everywhere in my body no there has to be contraction somewhere like what there's no way there's no way because my whole life around any partnership I'd be in I would have that fear and here it is happening in front of my face so I've got to witness that witness him expanding in love with another being who's also expanding in love they're not labeling they they're just going with the flow just like we are and through it all, through each moment of like experiencing that, and I won't share too many details, like now is not the time. There's a lot of details and a lot of specifics that have happened in, along the way that have caused insane contraction. But each time I hold my contraction and I expand. And this other being that, he, that he's opening to love to, she has quickly become one of the deepest connections I've ever had in my life. I'm blown the fuck away. It feels as if I have known this being who I was kind of resistant to at first. Like we'd talk sometimes, be like, let's hang out sometime. I'm like, yeah, and then never did. And now I'm like, holy shit. Are you like a part of my soul? The mirroring between the two of us is uncanny in moments. Our thought processes, the way we see the world, the way we experience, and we're the same age. It's like the mirroring is exquisite. She has become so deeply intertwined in my realm. It's like Runa status. The one who I've known for so long that's seen me so deeply. Or Ahisha status. Like these beings that are like super all up in my makeup. She's right there. And it's as if she's been here the whole time. And it's like a remembrance. And through this, I get to openly share with her as I openly share with Sage my whole process. And I get to receive their processes. And we're all just like, what the fuck is this? Like to just openly share because our minds, our egos get blown away as we hold our sweet little egos. And we're like, hey, I know this feels scary, but we're expanding. So I get to share with her like, oh my God, today I, I can feel like how his heart is opening from the two of you relating and just talking. And it's not even like they've, they haven't even kissed each other. You know what I mean? But the sh she resides in love. He's coming back to that unconditional love he was in the beginning before I made it mine. And I'm coming back into that too because I'm remembering, wow, when I lived out of my vehicle for those four months, I was in this energy too of just being love being love not the grasping i love you only so through this i'm getting to like share with her 
like, hey, I'm seeing how open he's becoming with you. And part of me like is crying in moments because I wanted to him to feel this way for me only and da da da. And then I get to like share it and she's like, oh my gosh, I totally understand. And then she gets to share like, I'm afraid of opening my heart because there's this pa- this pattern I'm seeing and I'm like, but you, I, I, I see you and I, I feel you in it and I'm holding you in it because I'm seeing your heart open and his heart open and I'm holding it in love. And I got to tell Sage the other day, like he handed me his phone when we, rec- when we recorded a, a, a living Kundalini video for my Patreon. And when I swiped it open, it was the text right there between the two of them. And he was saying such sweet things to her and it instantly sunk my heart. And I was sitting there and I felt tears well up and I was holding myself as if like someone could equate it as like a loving male partner holding the feminine as she's like mourning something. My own energy came in, was holding my being. And I was like, okay, yeah, let the tears go for a minute. Aw, part of you's tender to this. And I look over at Sage and he's like, what? I'm like, this message right here. I'm like, I just, part of me wants you to just be this way to me, to say sweet things to me, not anyone else. And then I'm like, and just hold space. Don't say anything. I don't want validation or justification. And I feel the part of me that is like authentically grateful that you are opening your heart in this way and that you get to experience this love in this form and through it, it's opening me. Like I'm authentically opening to realms I never knew imaginable. And I know this was part of my soul's purpose to experience in this way, to live, to love in this way and to feel joy between them, between their connecting. And he just held space and he's like, wow, I can't believe you. And I can't believe where we're in and what you're in and how you can say this to me. And like, we're just constantly blown away by what we're letting ourselves step into. And we're still fully committed to doing life together. I love him so much and he loves me so much. And this being, if they continue to grow, she knows like, okay, so they're doing life in this way. And what does that look like? What does that look like? You know what I mean? And I could want nothing more than to be a part of that journey of them if it grows and deepens. Like, who knows? I'm projecting it more than they are. They're like, we're just sharing energy and opening our hearts. And like I said, they haven't even kissed. And, but I, there's a part of me that gets so excited in the expansion that I'm like, oh my God, I see it so clearly. They're like perfect for each other. And oh my God, I get to be a part of this life. And oh my God, we all get to grow together and we can offer things together and da, 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 da. And I love her so much. And this is nothing sexual. That's the thing. I want to keep reiterating that because I found so much in my life, people equate that with sexuality. Oh, are they all sleeping together? Or all, they're all doing this. This has nothing to do with sexuality. Nothing. I'm on my own journey with, with healing my sexuality and I've been kind of closed down around it. And I'm, it's like, it has nothing to do with any of this. There can be commitments and growth in love without that, without like, so that's, I'm not going to get into that, but like, so there's nothing, there's no labels, there's no anything in, in between them. And I'm not saying names or anything. I'm going to stop saying anything else. I told them both I was going to share a podcast and I wouldn't say names and I wouldn't get too into details. Sage was a little resistant because he's a professional and he has really professional clients. And, you know, this leaves a lot of grounds for interpretation and judgment. He's a relationship coach. He's saved marriages, people who are about to get divorced. He's brought them into deeper love than they've ever had in their life. And that's who he is. Oh God, I could cry thinking of it. He's love for the world. 
he's love for the world. And I turned him into this like grasping me thing and would kind of shut him down in moments of love expression throughout the years to other people where he'd be holding such a beautiful, loving space. And I'm like, I don't feel safe in that. He's like, okay, I want you to feel safe. You know, I'll, I'll, I can be love and wrap it, reel it in a bit. It wasn't any leaky energy or anything like that. He was always in integrity, but it was my own insecurity. So he holds that space for other beings to come home to each other. And it's so beautiful. And that space has been here for me all the time, but I've kind of rejected it because my soul the whole time has been like, you created this out of grasping. And this is my soul, soul's mission to let go of the grasping and find unconditional love as my state of being. As my state of being. <sighs> and I get to share it all. I get to share the contractions, the part of me that's like, oh my God, I, you're so, you're gonna, you're gonna go hang out with her and I wanna hang out with you and da 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 and then expand into it. And it's so great. It was like, I could never believe I'm here. I would want nothing more to live on a giant piece of land. We even talk about it. Like, let's buy a whole mountain out here in Costa Rica and let's all live on it. And there's a garden that we share and our kids grow up together and we all grow in love. And how would that look? And it will look however it authentically grows. Because when I unleashed my palms, look at what authentically came in. This being came in instantly, naturally. She's so in tuned with God in nature, medicine woman to the core, authentic in integrity. I'm blown away by this mirror, such deep love and devotion for her. And we get to grow in this beauty, in this bliss, in this grace, in this open palmness. And I, I'm just so grateful for her. I love you if you're listening. You know how much I love you. <laughs> I'm so grateful. I'm telling her all the time. I can't believe this. This is a place I would have never touched with a 10-foot pole. And you think of that. My biggest fear was, if it's not mine, maybe he'll find someone else and he'll feel love for them and it will, and I'll be, and I'm watching this happen and I'm expanding through it in every contraction. My heart is so big. I've never felt my heart in this way. I've like expanded into a new realm. It's so beautiful. And so are they as well. Like there's still contractions and expansions for all of us. We're just all in this learning, growing process. And it's so beautiful. And so I'm leaving in two days. I'm going to go live in Uvita in the hills with Ahisha to rest, to rejuvenate, to come back to myself, to create, to come back in all these ways that I spread myself thin to just be with me and you know, there's that part of me that wants to create thoughts and stories like what's going to happen. They could hang out all the time and I'm not going to be there and da, da, da. And I, it's okay. I hold those stories and they don't grab, they don't, they're not my identity at all. You know what I mean? We have a sovereign choice. So say you're with a partner and he looks at someone across the bar and you see him make a face. Why a bar? Like I, I make up the most random examples. And then you're, you could go into a story and sovereignly choose, he likes her, he's going to leave me, da-da-da. Or you can be like, wow, okay, cool. He made a face, moving on. You know what I mean? Every moment's a choice. What If we're going to believe in our stories and cycle it, just like in the beginning of our relationship, I created a whole reality out of that. I would get jealous of him sharing like conversation in, in, with another woman and them being like laughing. And so I'd, I'd pull him in closer to make me feel safe because I'd create stories from that space. I'd drive myself nuts all the time into deep, like, oh God, he's going to this or he's going to that. I'm like, wow, what a trap. What a fucking illusion. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to expand through some of the deepest moments of my life with my heart. 
Like, you know, someone's like, I'm in a broken heart. We broke up. We this or that. What if that space was held in love in, in openly expanded into again and again and again, being so present with every part of the process? It's been so beautiful. So I know this was a lot of story time in this one, but I wanted to share the story. I really wanted to share it because I would have loved to hear this before because all along my journey, I would see like a podcast about conscious uncoupling or someone who's like, we live together without labels. And I was always like, oh my God, I remember when, and I think I might've shared this too, um, Issa Love, one of my previous teachers, still a teacher, he would have this prayer that said, I will go wherever I need to go. I will release anything asked of me to release. I will do anything to, it was basically a prayer saying you do absolutely anything that God asked if it meant coming into that deeper truth of what you are. And I wouldn't take on that as a teaching. That's a teaching. You can take on that prayer and live your life from that frequency. And I denied it because of sage. That was my one thing. I'm like, no way I will ever let go of this. This is so good. I love him so much. I got the mind. He's amazing. No fucking way will I take on that prayer because that's the one thing I would not release. I would, anything but that. Now I can authentically open this prayer and be like, I will love everything unconditionally. I will open my palms so fully that anything that God chose me to step into, I will willingly go absolutely anything. And that's what I did. The whisper of what to do was calling me, but my fear was like, no fucking way. And I have done it. I've liberated myself and I now exist in a realm I never knew possible. With love, that's the authentic definition of love. It's not conditional. I love you because this. You show up this way, so I love you. Oh God, we quote unquote broke up. Now I don't love you. Now we don't talk. I had a three hour conversation with my previous partner last week and I love him so much and we talked about this new girl that he's talking to and I my heart expanded that we can relate in that way so with this being here with sage like we're committed to doing life together still in whatever way that authentically takes form and we're opening our palms to allow it most people won't touch this with a 10-foot pole do you know what I mean like I almost did not let myself even give the ring back. Oh, God. Especially when it's so good, when there's nothing, quote unquote, wrong, when he treats me amazingly. You know what I mean? Of course, there's always things like, I wish he did this more. I wish he did that more. But nothing that was like, like what society tells you, there has to be something bad and wrong, which is why we usually make someone else superbly wrong. Why? I keep using that word today we usually make someone extremely wrong to justify the calling of our soul. I've used this as an example before in one of the previous podcasts, say that there's a a job that you work at and you're so afraid to leave it because of the safety and the security it gives you with finances. Okay. Just like my relationship here, the safety and security it gave me. But the difference is I was treated amazingly. And in the job, your boss yells at you all the time. You know what I mean? Maybe it's God saying, how much are you going to put up with until you leave? But instead, you have to make him extreme. You can just say, hey, wow, I'm not in alignment with this. I'm going to leave the job. You probably have to wait until it gets so bad that you talk shit to everyone. You're such a victim. 
My boss was such an asshole. Look at what he's done to me. I finally can't do it anymore because of him. Instead of like, wow, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to see that this isn't something that's in alignment for my soul. That's a weird example because um, this, what I'm in, is in alignment in my soul. And the whole process had to happen just in this way for me to like learn these lessons and to be here and to be in this expanse. Otherwise, I would have never had this experience. And if this other being would have never dropped into the field, I would have never got it at this caliber. And to share with her, to share it all with her, <laughs> oh my God, openly. Our commitment, her and I, is radical transparency. And we've been sharing it. And it's so beautiful. And Sage and I are commitment to that as well. So to be held in all of it as it all transmutes is the most beautiful thing. <sighs> I can breathe deeper into my heart space. And I'm more grounded and embodied in myself than ever before. Than ever before. Like, oh, this is what's possible. I love myself so fucking much. And I'm about to come into deeper love. These next two months in Evita, giving myself this gift of living up in the hills, overlooking the ocean, to rest and restore with my soul sister, nourishing foods, movement, song, prayer, weavings. I'm so excited. Because these parts of me that I, I'm like seeing, I want to be in silence and stillness. I've been showing up so fully here. I'm going to come back and look at every part of me and reconstruct my being, reorchestrate. And there's some new offerings that we want to be birthed through from the space. So I get to create space for them to authentically come through. So in no way am I saying that monogamy is bad and wrong. In no way am I saying it's not for me. In no way I'm saying oh, so you and Sage are broken up or you guys are in an open relationship or you guys are this or that. It's none of that. It's beyond your labels. It's beyond my labels. We are love. We are committed in ways to each other. We're openly communicating. And if we desire to step it, like any desires that come along the way with each other, someone else, they'll be communicated upon, talked about upon. Structures will be continued to be made as we move throughout our life. Who knows what will be created? I don't know. This is what it looks like to live, for me, to live rested in God. God reveals the step for me, step by step, one foot in front of the other. And all God's revealing right now is Uvita Hills. Honey, rest in that. Nothing else matters right now. Go rest there. God told me to live in the Uvita Hills. It took a baby squirrel that came to me twice because when God sent the baby squirrel to me the first time, I said, this is a wild squirrel. I'm not going to touch it. Hours later, it had to come to my front door right at my footsteps for me to pick it up and to mother it for a week. No, a week and a half. Every three hours, tend to this squirrel. Feed this squirrel. Feed this squirrel. Feed this squirrel. Love this squirrel. Mother this squirrel. It was right when Sage and I were moving through this transition in the beginning. A lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, a lot of like, that initial like what is this and through me connecting with the squirrel it awakened a motherly instinct in me it awoken the next level of my existence I became so much love and so attached to this squirrel and this energy until I had to take it to a wildlife center because it was coming to pet aside and I wanted it to release to the wild so Ahisha just happened to be going to Evita that day or else I probably wouldn't have taken it that day and I and if I did I wouldn't have gone with her but she was hosting a one-on-one -on -one ceremony with someone. So I had to find a place to stay that night. So I took the squirrel in. I bawled my eyes out. And I got 
an epic room for the night, which had a big, beautiful yoga deck that was covered overlooking the ocean. And I sat there for like nine hours because I stayed, th I slept there through the night for a few hours too, under the full moon. It was a cancer full moon and I'm a cancer. And I bawled and I wept and I like wept for like, what am I doing with Sage? Sage would be messaging me at that time. He's like, whatever happens, I love you so much. And like, it's been, it's such an honor to do life with you in any capacity. And then I'd bawl and like, what am I doing? And then that, that part of me that was like attached to the squirrel there's so many similarities in that the baby of the squirrel with the baby that I was nurturing in my life this new thing coming into form I got to ball and weave and then I heard a whisper the whisper came through Ahisha earlier she's like ha maybe we should live in a V together I'm like ha like not even entertaining that and then that night it came to me like live on me rest in me come home to yourself in me the land of the Uvita Hills and I was like, I'm not going to create that. How am I going to create that? Like, what? And I did. And I said, all right, if you want me here, here's what I want. I want a home with the yoga deck like this that's covered, that overlooks the ocean so I can lay on it and do my practice and cry and dance. And here's the amount of money. Here's all the things. And it came in within like two hours, the exact way I said it was going to. I'm like, oh, I think it's going to come in through my friend Megan. She's going to know someone because it's hard to find a home like that in my budget. I'm not, I don't want to pay this inflated price that everyone's paying. So I stated my price and it came in at exactly that. <laughs> That's called magnetism. I didn't have to fucking go out and chase it because manifestation, I feel like implies in that. How am I going to manifest this thing? You, it has nothing to do with how you're going to do it. Simply become the frequency and magnetize it. So I opened myself up. I'm like, okay, all right. I'm open to this possibility. So if this is in direct alignment with my field and my body felt like it was, I'm like, this is what's going to come in. This is how it's going to come in. And this is how, like all the details of it. Bam, dropped in. I'm like, okay, this is my path. That was the easiest magnetizing I've ever done. Like within a few hours, there it is. So now I go. In two days, we go. We embark on this journey. And podcasts will be coming at you from there probably from both of us. A lot of my videos for my Patreon will be recorded from that beach where the jungle meets the ocean. There's already one on there. The insects are kind of loud. It's a lot of energy, but I'll tone it down. I'll fine tune it for you. Life is incredible when we release the graspings of the ego because the ego, the separate self, wants to believe that it is an identity, wants to keep itself safe. So it structures a life around it that it can feel safe in, that it feels like it can know the future. Okay, we're going to continue our life in this home, in this one job, and da-da-da-da-da, and it feels safe. That's why we see a fucking world. At least I look in the United States, and the majority of people are living in these boxes. They like leave, go to their nine to five, come home, sit down, eat food, watch TV, go to sleep, wake up, do it again, go on the weekends, go to church, go see a family, come home, drink. That's what's fun. Wow. Wow. Sounds like I'm super judging, but that was my life. That was my life. I chose the fast track in my life. Thank God, because I got out of that so soon. I lived that life. <laughs> I lived the life where it was like, I was with a guy 10 years older than me and he was very solid. You know, all of his friends were married already. I was young. They're like, what the fuck? This girl's like 15 years younger than you. But I was with him for years and he was a very well-rounded guy. I did that life. We had the house. We had a dog. We had a tree that was like Courtney and Matt's first Christmas. Oh, but do you know my name? Courtney? Not, yeah. Anyways, not Sophia. Sophia is my 
the name I took on like maybe six years ago and I continue to unfold and to grow into exactly what that is for me. The vibration of this name that I say yes to continues to unfold. Sophia means wisdom. It's also the original name of like Mary Magdalene. Pistis Sophia in the Gnostics is like the divine mother. Before all these names got generated from her, she's the original source. And I feel that is fucking a lot of my embodiment. But the more I strip away the grass beans, the more that essence can come through. Sophia is me. So before when I said yes to the vibration of Courtney, which she's always me. I'm not like, I'm shoving down this part of myself. She's me. She's fully integrated into me. And I took on a different vibration that I say yes to. Yes, Sophia, I take on that vibration. So it would be like Courtney and Matt's first Christmas, Courtney and Matt's second Christmas. You know that life, stand and pose in front of the tree, put it on social media with our dog. And I'm, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'd probably still do that today. Like, but that's that cookie cutter life. We'd go get drunk on the weekends. He'd go do his nine to five. He'd come home. We'd watch our shows together. And that felt fun to me, but I felt safe in that box. Holy shit. I've lived so many lifetimes since then. We would like save up money to go on a one week vacation to like the Outer Banks and we'd get wasted the whole weekend. I'd feel like shit, but that's what you did, right? And it's like, oh, the beach. Now I'm like, oh, every moment of life is a vacation. But you have to let go of the programming and the contractions and the stories that tell you otherwise. No, it has to be this way. Like I live in a vacation spot. I live on a river that's crystal clear in the jungle that you can bathe in with fruit trees all around an hour from the beach. I'm about to go live on the beach. I li yeah, but you can live wherever you want. You just have to live. I said this yesterday. I say it all the time. Like through, like every week people say to me, oh my God, you're so lucky to be here. I can't believe you live here. And I say to them, you can create this. You can have this. No, I can't because my kids, I'm like, what? A mother of three kids just moved here two weeks ago with all three of her kids. Like, what do you mean? Well, I can't because of my mom. I'm like, exactly. Like all the reasons that you say you can't, that's why you're holding yourself back. Don't project that someone else is lucky. That person just l leaned into the contractions or the reasons why they couldn't and chose to do it anyways. So they chose to feel the fears and do it anyways. And you're not choosing that, which is fine, but don't like project, oh God, I wish I could do this. Do you wish? Careful what you wish for because it's right here in front of you. All you need to do is feel the feelings to leave everything you know to create something new. So anyways, that's what I'm doing every day. This life is beyond my imagination and I'm so grateful. And I, my prayer is just to continue to surrender into the unknown. Let God guide me. Allow my life to be open palm. That's my theme for this year. Open palm. Anytime I'm grasping, let me release the grass and open palm my way through life. Open palm. God, where do you want me? Thank you for this opportunity to expand my heart. I'm so grateful for the loves of my life and to continue weaving with them in ways that are beyond the constructs of the ego or how society says it needs to be. Ah, fucking ho, amen, hallelujah. Thank you, I am free. And in my freedom, I continue to expand into more and more and more and more and more freedom. What a gift. I always get hyped on these. I always say, I'm going to speak slower and more like this. And then I like get it. Join me on Patreon. Practice with me. 
see what shifts in your field. You can find the link in my bio. You can follow me on Instagram, bean, B-E-I-N-G, underscore water. And then on there, you can click my, the link in my bio. Sign up. Or come to a retreat. Or none of it. Inhale deeply, fully, and hold. And with sound, let it go. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being love in whatever way it's expressing itself through you. If you want to download and what love is and what love is not, maybe you'll resonate with it. A course of love is blowing me away. Hasta pronto.